All right. So today's topic, I'm going to get started in four minutes. Four minutes. We'll be talking about analyses, paralyses, and decision-making. I'm going to have to edit all this out because I'm not really doing anything of interest at the moment. You guys can call in. I don't have a guest today. If you want to hop on, if you have anything of interest to talk about during your week, I have decided, let me take off my glasses, I've decided to practice uh, or at least to attempt to practice minimalism, right? I, I'll send this over to I'll send it over on to Freddie. To attempt to practice minimalism, I'll tell you why. Because my wife was getting on me about dishes, right? And my lack of cleaning them. And so I was like, well, one of the biggest issues that I have with cleaning my dishes, I drink a lot of tea. And when I drink so much tea... I have a bad habit of drinking multiple cups throughout the day, right? Go through like four or five different cups. Um, four or five different cups. And then it finally hit me. Well, why don't I just use one cup? Keep the cup, wash the cup out, and then move on to the next cup. Well, as I started thinking about it, I was like, well, why even use just one cup? Why not one bowl, one fork, one spoon, so on and so on and so on and so on. And so what I'm trying to find my notes for this show. So as I came to that conclusion, it just hit me. Why the hell, if you're a person who lives by yourself, right? Why the hell do we have or do we use so many utensils because it really doesn't make a lot of sense if you really like think about it if you were in the wilderness per se right um how many bowls would you take with you you take one how many spoons forks and you just use it and wash it out and I, and, and, and let me know if i sound okay if i don't somebody say something in the chat so what is this compelling urge that we have? And I get from an aesthetic standpoint um, <clears throat> that you would want multiple bowls and multiple plates in your house for guests and things of that nature, right? But even for a family of three, four, five, why do you have to switch bowls throughout the week? Serious question. Why is that necessary? Why can't you use the same bowl, plate, fork, and knife for the entire week? And the more I thought about it, it just it started making making less and less and less sense. So that's the experiment. I'm starting today. I'm going to end on the 20th of next month. Bobby. What's cracking? Uh, I'm going to end the experiment. Bobby, you missed it. I'm going on an experiment of where I'm just going to be using the same bowl, fork, knife, spoon for 30 days. 
And that actually goes into my topic of today, analysis paralysis, difficulty making a decision. One of the reasons that I decided, because it's 7 o'clock, so I'm ready to cook. One of the reasons that I decided to start down kind of a minimalist journey, and let me know if I sound okay or if I don't, is because one of the reasons that you have such a hard time making a decision is because you have too many options. And so by decluttering my life, I'm able to fill my mind up with the things and put it towards the energy to the places that I want it to be, as opposed to making silly decisions like which bowl or plate I'm going to use. And I think I was talking to Tristan about it. Like, if you think about it and you, I don't know why I'm stuck on this plate thing. It's like this major revelation, but like, do you even have to use soap if you clean off a dish immediately after you use it? Because isn't that generally, doesn't that generally occur if bacteria has built up on the plate? Is that, I mean, I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong. I'm okay with being wrong. I just never, I, I, I don't know. No, okay, I'm going to get off this phone. I'm going to spend my attention with you guys. I don't think there's any more invites I um, plan on sending out. So the question is, why do some people have this analysis paralysis while other people don't? Why are some people able to quickly and succinctly make a decision? Um, we'll go to myself, for example. I was looking up a couple of different videos as regards to analysis paralysis. And one of the things that I found was the root of, I keep, I just like selling analysis paralysis. The root of it is fear of making an error. That's really what it's about. And, you know, in the era that we're in, the era of the era that we're in now, Amanda Fogg, how's it going? We have too many options. Amazon, uh, Texas Direct Auto, dating. And when you have so many options, you would think it's better. But what's the biggest fear when you have so many options that you're going to pick the wrong one? But as I started to explore this thought a little bit more, I realized where the root of my analysis paralysis came into play my root amanda how's it going hi can you hear me going i can hear you perfectly how's everything been oh man uh good just uh since i was here god i'm (laughs) yeah yeah that's kind of a that's kind of a big deal that's that's Uh, a big deal how does it feel uh, um, it is a journey for sure. I, mm-hmm. I'm definitely not one of those people that are like, Oh my God, I love it. Uh, that's, that mm-hmm. would, is not how I feel about it, but there is something very magical about it. So I'm about six months, so I'm two thirds oh, wow. of the way there oh, that's, uh, that's, since that's the last awesome, time. Man. It can be it, a little it is, scary. Yeah, uh, I think reality is setting in a little bit on on that front. And, um, you know, I don't, I think this is a little more special for me because actually 
I had a miscarriage in mm-hmm. July, mm-hmm. Um, right before I got pregnant again in September. So uh, mm-hmm. this little bundle is a special boy. Yeah. Special. So it's so, a boy. Yeah. Oh, have you picked the name out? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to go with Asher. Okay. I like yeah. It. I like yeah. It. Asher, I Asher Clinton is going to be his Asher name. Clinton. Nice, nice yeah. flow. I like it. So yeah. Yes. The topic that we're talking about today is analysis paralysis, the inability or just the difficulty in making a decision. And because you have such a difficulty making that decision, you don't make one at all. Yeah, no, uh, that's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Is that something that you struggle Uh, with? Yeah, I actually do struggle with that. I, I, it's kind, it's kind of weird. I'm, I'm either very decisive, like I know exactly what I want, and I just make a very quick decision, or I'm the exact opposite, and Mm -hmm. I agonize over something for a long time. So it's I'm I'm one or the other. There's really not an in between right. for me. Um, so it took me a while to like I really had to sit down with it because it's something that I had and then it's something that I grew out of and now it's uh-huh. something that I'm kind of have to I'm having to slow down a little bit, right? Because you uh-huh. know things work on spectrums. Just like there's analysis yeah. paralysis, apparently there's another term called think to extinct. When you think too fast and it kills you, basically, without spending mm-hmm. a little bit of time nursing that thought and making a decision. I know for me, the root cause of why I have analysis paralysis goes way, way, way back, once again, to school and getting picked on. Yeah. Because... When you get picked on, everything you do is heavily scrutinized, at least in your mind. Mm-hmm. If you walk this, if you walk left, oh, Donaldson, look at him, walking left, you walk right. Oh. And then so you get into this place where you sit there and you overanalyze everything you do because you don't want somebody to talk about you, right? Yeah. And I remember the reason I broke out of it is when I was charge nursing. I was charged okay. nursing. No one thought I could do the role, so they were talking about me. And so I made decision A. The B group would be like, look at this motherfucker. I made decision yeah. B. The A group would be like, look at this fool. Well, after a while, I was like, so wait a second. It literally doesn't matter what decision I make. Y'all are going to talk about me. Well, I might yep. as well make the best and most informed decision I can let y'all talk and just keep on going because you're going to do it anyway. And that gave me a lot yeah. of power to just make decisions. Go ahead. No, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. Um, I think that's ultimately what will ha- would help anybody get through the choices to make decision is this understanding that it doesn't really matter what you do. Somebody is going to say something about what you're doing. And so why limit yourself or why not make a decision? Because there is no right answer. You're making a choice using what you understand. There is no right answer. And when you say it goes back to bullying for you, Mm -hmm. um, for someone like me, it really goes back to my mom. Mm. I love her, love her to death, but um, 
you know, every mistake was preventable. That's how I was Mm -hmm. raised. Every mistake Mm -hmm. was preventable. If you had just thought about Uh, this and did this and did that, and you should have done this and you should have done that. And so you end up getting trapped in this cycle where I don't want to make a decision about anything because it's going to be wrong, you know, and I I don't want to do anything. And, and so it's, or you're spending so much time, you know, overthinking. And that's why I said, there's a, Mm -hmm. there's a balance, right? There's, I don't want to make a decision too fast without thinking about it. And then there's, I need to think of every single angle, every single possibility (laughs) before I make a decision, because if I know and something happens wrong, then my immediate thought is, well, you should have seen that coming. You should have known. You could have been more proactive to avoid whatever situation came across. And the reality is you can't plan for everything, you know, Mm -hmm. just like you can't. So much of that is also wrapped around the people you're with, because there's a part Mm -hmm. of that you're leaving out when you, when you're sitting there making a decision and maybe I'm the only one that suffered from this, you say, well, if I make the wrong one, insert X is going to say something. Whoever mm-hmm. the, our mythical, magical, invisible audience of people is going to say something. But honestly, depending, and you really need to look at your circle, the people that you surround surround yourself with should never be the type of people that if the situation, I might want to say mistake or wrong, the situation doesn't play out the way that it, you know, that it originally theorized the friends, their people that I want in my life come back and say, Hey, okay, what can we do next time for to a be positive better. outcome? Absolutely. Yeah. As opposed to, Oh, I told you so. If I hear I told you so from somebody, yeah. I so to create this. I'm dead serious. It's yeah. one of the no. things somebody can say. Yeah. If you had just Honestly. listened to me, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I'm I'm a little guilty of that. I'm I will admit mm. my husband would definitely say I'm I'm a little guilty of that. But it's it, there's no excuse for it. I am working on it, but um, part of that comes from living a life of being proactive and looking at all angles to avoid. And so mm-hmm. even though I hate that, I don't realize I've adopted that a little bit. And so mm-hmm. sometimes I have to take a step back when someone does something and realize, you know, well, if you just thought about it for a second, this wouldn't have happened, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, cause it's ingrained. And so I, yeah. And so I, that's something I have to work on and it's something I do work on because like you said, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to fucking hear that. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to hear that. I, I, I really nobody wants that. to hear that. Doesn't that doesn't make you feel good? It doesn't change the situation. It doesn't help. It doesn't make anything better. It's just kind of a it's just kind of a shitty view. So no, I I will admit that I am guilty of that. It starts to atrophy your decision making ability because mm-hmm. if every time you're about to make a decision. You have to look to your left to see if this person agrees internally. What does that do to you? It doesn't make you feel like a strong, capable person. No, it doesn't. And it also will end up making you not make like we're talking about. You won't make any decisions. Mm -hmm. I don't want to make any decisions. I'm going to wait for you to tell me what to do 
Because if you just tell me what to do, exactly how to do it, then I don't have to worry about upsetting you. And that's not fair to the other person. It's not. And once again, um, you know, when you're struggling to make a decision, I watched the video and it was really good. It's not the decision that you're struggling with. It's the worry. And it's a lady named Cassandra Mack. She's really good. You guys should look her up. And the name of the video is The Illusion of Confusion. And she said that you're not really worried about the decision. You're worried about the worst possible outcome or whatever outcome. Yes. And so if you're trying to make a decision, the best way to do it is to find what you know for sure and go from there. For example, Uh I hate my job. I need to find a new one. And then, you know, you have this tree of thoughts. Well, if I quit, uh, I'll be homeless. Okay, okay. You don't know any of that, right? But what you do Uh know is that if you stay at this job too much longer, you're going to choke somebody. Okay, go from there. (laughs) When she she said it like that, I'm like, that actually makes a lot of sense because the decision kind of makes itself for you then. Yeah, I I mean, I definitely, so my therapist would would tell me in that situation, well, instead of thinking of the things that could go wrong, why don't you think about the things that could go right? You know, what what could happen that's good for you, as opposed to thinking about, like you said, all the bad scenarios and, you know, I'll have to check out her video, but to me, it's... It's not the choice, it's the consequences behind your choices you're afraid of. Yeah. And you're afraid and I mean, that, you know, people, and, and most of it is honestly, people are going to judge you. You know, changing you a job. The more you think about yeah. it, it's like, yeah. That, that's usually what it boils down to is, is outside influences, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've been going through a period where Right now, I'm like, damn, did I, should I have moved to Texas? Was that the right idea? Should I have just stayed in California? Maybe I made a bad choice. And no, I made a choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not, the, it's the, not the bad part. I just made exist. a choice. Yeah, there's not really a bad part. It's just, it's different, you know? And yeah. some of, some of the reflecting back, did I, did I make a bad choice? Is kind of stems from expectations a little bit. Sometimes when your expectations are, you're visualizing a whole different situation than what it really Mm -hmm. is or what it really will end up being, you know, whether it's good or bad, you could kind of almost find yourself feeling quote unquote disappointed as opposed to appreciating your choice because you have to make choices. We can't be stagnant. We can't, I mean, we can, but it's not great. Um, You know, we're not trees. Um, We're not meant to stay in one place. You can't just stick to this stagnant approach. Yeah. And when you do that, how are you going to grow? You're not. How are you going to grow as a person if you're stagnant? You won't. It's, It's impossible. When I started viewing my decisions, no longer, it might have happened about a year or two ago where I stopped viewing my any decision that I made as a mistake. Like you just said, uh-huh. all my decisions just became decisions. And whatever happened along the road, I learned from it. For example, my wife had wanted uh, tile floors, right? Somebody uh, suggested this contractor and he did a shitty job, right? Uh, 
But Mm -hmm. I didn't sit there and beat myself up about it. All Mm -hmm. I realized was, okay, number one, don't pay till the job's finished. Number two, get somebody reputable. Uh, Number three, you you know, just get somebody that has an insurance policy, a a business. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I could have sat there and beat myself up about it. But it just turns into a learning experience. And that changes. I don't have any fear of making my next decision. I'm like, okay, I just know next time what to look for. Yeah, it's a perspective, right? You mm-hmm. can take failures and dwell on them. It and the the thing is when you dwell on it, when you're like, well, that should have happened, that could have happened, it doesn't change the situation. I can nope. think what should have, could have, would have happened over and over, but I'm still in this current situation. And yeah. sometimes failure, I mean, they say it all the time, right? Failures are the best teacher. Yeah. But it's only if you choose to take that on as your perspective. You have to understand every time you fail, every bad decision, even every bad relationship, it's teaching mm-hmm. you something. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not a woe is me. It's not a it's it's really supposed it's there to teach you something. And what you get out of it is really up to you and usually is based off of your perspective on the Absolutely. situation. So I actually found this on Instagram. It just it just popped up, and it was talking. It's from this uh, called Success Theory, and it said overthinking impairs your ability to make and carry out decisions. Decide on the board's mm-hmm. best course of action. Make the decision and move forward. Uh, turn your what ifs into so whats. Ask yourself mm-hmm. what's the worst case scenario, and ask yourself can I handle it. And then, like you just said, what's the best case scenario, and then realize mm-hmm. not everything is under your control. Recognize that you, and that's a big one. Once you realize that there's going to be all these unforeseen, you can't fucking track. You will drive yourself nuts if you think you have that level of control over your life because you really don't. Well, well, at that point, you're trying to control outside factors. And really, the only consistent Mm -hmm. variable in any choice is you. You're your only variable. You're your only constant. Yeah, you're the only Mm -hmm. constant. And I think a lot of people are guilty and, and, you know, I go in and out of it sometimes of wanting to control outside factors. Well, if they had just done this and if someone had just seen this and if someone did this and if that had just happened and really you, you, you're going to drive yourself nuts. You can't you know what? control I'll other I'll people and things. At first I really started getting down on myself. Like, man, I'm failing. I'm really blowing this. So I said, you know, okay, stop thinking like that. And I started meditating. And then after I meditated, I started journaling. And I got to a really interesting place, right? And what I realized is that, because I was like, well, why am I attracting these people? Because it's not it's not an accident. And then mm-hmm. it hit me to an earlier conversation I had with um, Tracy. So when I was these people, I felt a twinge of familiar familiarity, right? And then I was like, uh-huh. "Oh, okay, I'm feeling something for this person. It it must mean I need." Uh. When you feel that twing twinge of familiarity, you never do, you never do a deep dive and discover is this a good feeling or a bad? Just because something's a familiar feeling doesn't mean it originates from a good place. Scrolling oh back, yeah, you see what I'm saying? So scrolling back, I started yeah. to realize that. I grew up with, I I had a lot of friends 
that took advantage of me. And I thought that's what friendship yeah. was being deceived. Yep. Well, yep. that mean it doesn't just because I grew up doesn't mean I grew out. And so maybe when I was connecting with these new people, I was like, oh, something feels familiar. Yeah, that familiar feeling was somebody deceiving you. So I was picking it up on a subconscious level that something wasn't mm-hmm. right in their body language and the answers they were giving me. I knew something was up, obviously, because that's why I was feeling what I was feeling. But I didn't yeah. connect it till to yesterday. You know, um, yeah, not everything that's familiar is good. I think that's a really important piece and point to what you're saying. Um, depression is like that, mm-hmm. you know, it's comfortable after a while yeah. when you live oh, with depression yeah. long enough, it's super comfortable. So when you get out of it and you're working on yourself and you're getting happy and things are going right, things going right can feel wrong because you're used to the depression or it's so easy. You know, people don't understand how easy it is to sink into depression because there's something comfortable and familiar about it. And that's there. what you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, you kind of, you kind of end up with these sometimes, uh, relationships, right? So you're, Mm -hmm. you're having a relationship, but how many friends have you had? Oh, I'm always dating the same kind of people. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with me? Why am I attracting these people? And you'll find yourself. I I don't have an answer when someone says that. I, I don't know why you're attracting these people. I don't know why this keeps happening, but they probably, if they stopped and thought about it, there's something familiar in each partner. There's yeah. something you're used to feeling. There's something you're used to connecting to, whether it's your initial attraction, maybe you're bon- they're vulnerable, maybe, you know, if every guy you're dating is potential, you know, they don't have a job, but they've got potential. That's you. That's you picking out your same people. The same you know? shitty dudes. And, the same shitty dudes and and people have to learn like you want to break those patterns don't look for other people to break those patterns look to yourself to break those patterns absolutely what are you doing to connect to these people it's not these people don't have a radar there's not a beacon for you mm-hmm. that's boop boop booping you know you're you're probably meeting a wide range of people you know, you've made a choice to connect with someone that is familiar, but not a good mm-hmm. familiar. Right. And it's the lacking of it's the lacking of asking yourself why. Why am I mm-hmm. making this decision? Because instead, what we like to do is, oh, all these people on the planet are shit. It's everybody else. I'm just bad luck. And then you can start... Uh, start beating up on yourself and start thinking that maybe you are not. Well, it's really interesting, like in the dating scenario, when somebody will tell you about a prospective partner and you'll be like, you dumb mother, you don't see these red flags. Mm-hmm. Like they'll be huge, yeah. glaring, like from the outside looking in. And what's even crazier, not only are the red flags huge and blaring, they literally sound like just the last person they dated. And it's yes. weird because the person doesn't see it. I'm like, dude, you don't but, see this. But it's a self-awareness. You know, mm-hmm. like there are certain there are certain things that I think are key to personal growth and perspective 
and self-awareness. I will always say this. You are not going to grow as a person if you don't take a little bit of self-awareness. I think some people call it like shadow, shadow boxing, whatever, shadow work, shadow work, shadow boxing, shadow work. And it's kind of the same. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But it's kind of the same thing. Like you can go to a therapist all day and bitch about everybody around you. But if you don't have the self-awareness to say, what part did I play in? What part am I mm-hmm. playing in this pattern? What part am I attributing to this, this same situation? If the same thing is happening to you over and over and over and over again, if you're having the same issues in friendships, the same issues in relationships, the same issues at work, guess what? Mm-hmm. It's not everybody else. It's yeah. you at some point. And if you can't take a moment to say that to yourself, what do I need to do differently? What am I doing wrong? Maybe I'm messing up. You're, you're going to be in the same spot. You're going to deal with the same thing and you're not going to grow as a person. And then the other key is that is perspective, how you handle that self-awareness, how you handle bad experiences, how you learn, you know, so I, you no, know, you're, you're absolutely, you right. got to do was it. Talking, I was talking to a friend of mine and I remember one of the most difficult conversations I had with myself thinking about some old stuff was like, man, I was being a coward. And that's such a hard thing to say about mm-hmm. yourself. Right. But for the first time, it went a different way, Right. Instead of sitting there beating myself about what I should have said and what I should have done and all this kind of stuff, I made up in my mind, okay, well, that's never going to happen again. What can I do to assure myself that it won't? But Because in the past, instead of holding myself accountable for speaking up, I would just be upset with the people for the actions they took. Whereas yep. you can't control other people's actions. You can't like, if you, if you, if somebody like borrows a thousand dollars from you and they never pay you back, it doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you're stupid. It doesn't mean that you're gullible. But if it happens yeah. again, then I might give you those uh, attributes. Uh, yeah. I mean, there. don't get me wrong. There are people out there that are going to take advantage of good people. Absolutely. Um, what did one place I worked at, they called it, uh, pe- people are either bucket fillers or bucket takers. And mm-hmm. that's just a fact. Some people yeah. are naturally givers, naturally empathetic, naturally in tune. And some people are just there, take, 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 take. Mm-hmm. And it happens. But yeah. there is a level of responsibility like the money thing. That's a great example. If you're doing that all the time, eh, it's you, right? Yeah, <laughs> if it happened yeah. once and you weren't expecting it, all right, that's that person. We can, we can deal with that. But if it's happening all the time, and that's the thing, if the same problem is happening all the time to you, you're going to need to take a little bit of personal responsibility for it yeah. at some point. Yeah, because it, And it that's difficult. A, it is. It really is. It's, it's painful. That's really the only way mm-hmm. to say it. People think that 
the journey to healing yourself is one that, you know, you go to a couple therapy sessions, you kumbaya it out. I'm going to tell everybody here, it's really not because the requirement Mm -mm. is, the requirement is that you have to go to the darkest, the absolute dark, all the pieces of yourself that you didn't want to talk about anymore. That's where Mm -hmm. the answers are. They're right there as to where you are. I, I, I remember when I first was in therapy with my therapist in California, I cried every single session. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm going once a week to this person's building to go sit down and ball my eyes out and talk about all my trauma and leave. And you know what? I didn't feel great leaving. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh man, I feel so much better. <laughs> no. And I, uh, some days I would tell her that I'd be like, I really don't want to be here today. Like, this is a lot. And the most honest thing she did as a therapist was like, oh yeah, therapy's not fun. It doesn't make you feel good. Uh-uh, it it, sucks. It, it, <laughs> you know, she's like, we're sitting here opening up wounds, you know, mm-hmm. she's like, but we're opening up wounds, cleaning out scar tissue and rehealing those wounds, yeah. you know? And yeah. she's like, it doesn't feel good. Therapy's not fun. You're not supposed to come here super stoked, excited, having a great time. No, it can get to that place. Don't get me wrong. I laugh with my therapist mainly because I'm a fucking delight, but it was a long time before we got to that place. It was a lot of trauma work. It was a lot of digging before we got to a place where no, every time wasn't um, cathartic as I like to say, because I don't want to say draining, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you have a cathartic moment, you're, you're, expelling all this emotion you're crying you're feeling everything but at the end it feels good in a way yeah and so it's weird it's i hated therapy and i hated therapy in a sense but it felt good you know not right then but a couple days later you're putting in the work you're implementing things you're seeing that progress and then you're like this does feel good i'm glad we're doing this work you know, I can't remember where I heard this at, but they equated therapy to working out. They were like, okay, think about it like this. When you go to the gym, what happens? It doesn't feel good. It's uh-uh. uncomfortable, but you stay. Why do you stay? Because you know, once you push past it, you'll feel better. You'll be stronger. And I was like, and they said it, it's literally the same thing for the mind. And when they put it that way, I was like, that actually makes perfect sense. That does. Because that makes, is what it's it is. The same you, thing. It's the exact same thing. Well, I think so many people think therapy is a bitch session. Mm-hmm. I'm going to therapy to bitch. I'm going to therapy to bitch about how shitty I my life was and how shitty the people are around me. And I'm just going to get an unbiased, bitchy feeling. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, a good therapist, if you're ever wondering if your therapist mm-hmm. is good or not, they should challenge you. Oh, and that's They should so- challenge your thought process. They should challenge what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to challenge what you're feeling. They're going to tell you you're feeling valid, but you're about to explore the shit out of those feelings. Oh man. And it's the not going to feel great. Sucks. The challenge sucks. And because you never have anybody that challenge you so directly like that, that you no. paid for. Well, because the people, 
Yeah. Well, because it's an unbiased challenge. You know, it's not a friend challenging you. It's not a parent where you're like, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know me. Blah, blah, blah. It's not a friend. Your friends friends will challenge you to an extent, but not the same way a mm-hmm. therapist will challenge you. Right. And, you know, my therapist was, oh, she was so good at challenging me because she wasn't like, you're wrong. It was always, is there another way to think about this? How mm-hmm. do you know this is happening? Man, that's how a do you know? One. Oh, that's how do you know one. this is? Oh my God. And she would say that. And she, I'd be like, ah, ah. Well, I, because well, I, I know. Well, 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 <laughs> how do you know that? Or yeah. um, like, are you sure you that's happening? That, what do you have what concrete, that makes that fact? Yes. Like, what wow. concrete facts are in front of you to make that? So, um, are you sure you're not in, assigning your own interpretation to it? Yep. And and we are all guilty of that, you know. Yep. Uh, oh, oh, I don't I like their it. I don't like their tone. I don't like their tone on the text message. And she was being snotty and this and that. And it's like, is that what was going on? Or are you assigning what you think is happening? Well, and then what you have to do is, I've learned now to say nothing. If somebody offends me and you're like, well, why would you do that? Yeah. Well, the reason why <laughs> is I stop and I walk away and I think and I have to debate, am I truly offended by what this person said or am I having a bad day? Yeah. And like, yeah. am I, am I create, am I, is my mood coloring how I just viewed this interaction? Yep. And what is so surprising about that is honestly, nine times out of 10, I'm very happy I didn't say anything because I'm starting to realize, and I never, and I know you're going to be like, what? And it may be because I'm working out more and testosterone is pumping. I have a temper. (laughs) I'm dead serious. I didn't realize it about me. My wife is like, I don't know what's going on with you because now I just go into this rage and then sometimes I'll look back at the text and be like, I misread the fuck out of that. Yeah. That's not what so, this person uh, was saying at all. I have a horrible temper. Um, I, you know, not, not so much nowadays, but if you grew up with me or you were around me in my 20s, mm-hmm. you, you would think I was a very angry, angry person. I was, mm-hmm. right? And... Uh, one thing is that you find that, right, because so when I first went to therapy, I'd be like, I just, I don't want to be angry anymore. I don't want to be angry anymore. I'm so angry all the time. And just so everybody knows, anger is you protecting yourself. Yeah, you actually have You know, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with anger. There's wrong mm-hmm. with something wrong with rage. And there's a fine line between anger and rage and reacting on that anger is not great. But usually that's an indicator that someone has crossed a boundary or is harming you or something is triggering you. Something's going on. Mm -hmm. But one of the best advices I've got was if you're angry, you don't respond to anything for 20 minutes. Yep. It takes about 20 minutes when you're angry for you to get back to equilibrium. Mm-hmm. takes about 20 minutes. Now, mm-hmm. of course, it might take you longer if you're fuming on it and bubbling up. And But venting can add to your anger. You just need 20 minutes 
where you really think about it. And it's so hard to do because when you're angry or rageful, you want to react right then, right there, right now. Yep. Yep. You, you gotta say something right now. I'm so mad. I gotta say something because you did something to upset me. And that's a sign of showing I respect myself and love myself. And mm-hmm. really, honestly, you can tell someone they're crossing your boundaries at any time. It can be when they're doing it. It can be when they ha- do it later. You, there's no, there's no limit. There's no expiration date on having a conversation with someone. But anger is one of those things that if you are not careful, and most people are not careful, mm-hmm. you can ruin friendships, relationships, oh, yeah. professional jobs. relationships, yes. jobs in one fucking minute of anger. Yeah, one no minute of anger will ruin years of relationships. Yeah. And when you come out of that rage, right? Nine times out of ten, because I know people with anger issues, right? They're never happy. You're never happy with what you did after the fact. In that no. little brief moment when you're like, I, I showed this month, you know. But after the fact, you're even if you were right, you will regret that you made a fool of yourself. A hundred percent. And I will be honest, I... uh I was mad at someone not too long ago. Couple, mm-hmm. I'm actually still mad, honestly. Tr- truth be told, I'm mad, but I'm not rageful. Mm-hmm. Um, if I didn't have people around me to talk me off that ledge, I would have done something I regretted, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm going to ruin your life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And looking back at it, you know, everybody was like, oh, it's not going to make you feel better. And in the moment, I was like, hell yeah, it's going to make me feel better. It'll make me feel great. <laughs> now that and time for that has passed. moment, it will. Oh, it would have felt awesome. But two things. I don't know if it, I don't, I don't know if it's just me, the way I'm wired, the way the cosmic universe is set up. Anytime I have acted out of anger and spite or tried to be vengeful or I get it shot so far up my ass. Like I do not, it never works out. Something bad happens to me. Karma comes back. So I am just not wired. The universe and me are not wired where I can do something like that and get away with it. So, you know, it's funny that you brought up that the universe, right? Cause I've had this new theory about the universe and bad relationships. Right. And it's basically, if you're not supposed to be with somebody, right. I feel like the universe keeps turning up the temperature on that relationship mm-hmm. until things go so bad, y'all can't be together. Mm-hmm. And I, I told um, like, oh, you don't get it? Okay, all right, I'm going to, she's going to lie to you. Oh, you don't get it? Okay, uh, you're going to find some pictures. Oh, you don't get it? She's going to cheat on you in front of you. Oh, you don't get it? She's going to, you know what I'm saying? It just keeps ramping up. It keeps just ramping 10%. up. And it gets worse and worse and worse. 110%. Because it's really God protecting you, right? Because it gets to a it, point it where is. you're like, even though I want to be with this person, shit done got so bad, I've got to leave. I don't have a choice. I I actually had that. That's so funny you say that because you described a relationship I was in. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, I think the relationship ended in 2010. So 12 mm. years ago, that's literally what happened. Yeah. Uh, there were so many warning signs, yeah. friends telling me, 
Um, I want to be. But I want it. Yeah. I'll just be honest. My arm went through a fucking window. I still have a scar across my wrist Mm. from my arm going through a window and cutting me and going to the hospital and getting stitches. And I stayed with him. Yeah. I stayed with this person. And finally, something happened that was so bad. It was like, no, I literally can't. Yeah. And it's a shame it took me that long, but I'm glad it happened because that taught me a whole spectrum of things. And not just about the people I choose, but the way I react to people, Mm -hmm. you know, like he was horrible, but I also was playing a role in that situation too. Absolutely. You know, and I think it's, it's so easy to forget that you play a role in certain situations that are, what do I, what do I like to say? Not everything is happening to you. It's not, not you know, everything is happening to oh, you. Dude, you know, I had that, that fucked up realization maybe a couple months ago, but I was talking to somebody about it and I was like, you know, one of the worst feelings, and this happens when you start diving into yourself, <sighs> When you start to realize, and I'm going to say this to everybody, and I will, I'll challenge anybody that says different. All right, here it goes. All the bad things that happen in you, 98% of them, not in childhood, all right? Let's just leave that out the way. Mm. But once you become an adult, all the bad shit that happened to you, not only did you do it to yourself, you were probably a willing and happy participant in it. That's Mm -hmm. a really hard pill to swallow. When you start Mm -hmm. to realize, we'll we'll say something even as like a disease, like in certain diseases, not all of them, but like hypertension or, you know, hypertension or diabetes or any of these things. Oh, I can't believe this happened. Well, that whopper out your side of your mouth says a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe I'm not where I'm at in life. Well... Maybe it's mm-hmm. because you haven't applied yourself at all. Like I remember when I used when I was younger, I used to just uh, engage in some activities and sit in my car and rap. Right? What did I think that Eminem or Dr. Dre was just gonna walk by my car and be like, "Who's that motherfucker <laughs> spitting?" Oh man, give him a deal. You know, I remember one of the most powerful things a buddy of mine told me. I was like, "Man, I'm doper than all these guys," and he's like, "Yeah, but what are you, what are you doing?" And I was like. Who's hearing you? Exactly. Nobody. I wouldn't, I I was extending no effort and expecting Mm -mm. like these amazing results with the Mm -hmm. minimal effort. Because once Mm -hmm. again, the other challenge I put to people is as I start to progress a little bit more in my career path and I'm seeing what it takes and I'm getting the results and realize you hear a lot of famous people saying, well, if I can do it, anybody can do it. It's very, Mm. very true because the question I ask people, can you name me something that you went all out to get? I'm talking about when you woke up, you, you thought about it, you planned it out, you saved up money every waking hour, you thought about this thing and you didn't get it. Now I've had people say, oh, oh, uh, that happened to me. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about just wanting it. I'm talking about actual application towards this goal, night yep. and day, and you didn't get it. And honestly, when people tell me, nope, didn't get it, I'm like, well, you're, you're probably lying to me right now because I no, honestly have never seen it. I've never seen it. 
No. Literally, I don't I mean, never seen it. Because or you get something it's super people. close. Yeah. I mean, you you could argue that some things, you know, like. Like if I want to be on know. the basketball, if I want to be on the NBA team. Yeah. That's what that, I'm saying. I can wake up every day and do and 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 you know practice my jump shot every day and i'm not going to the wnba i'm also five i'm also five one you know know your limitations you might end up being a social media celebrity you know what i'm saying like you've seen the story of like the 50 year old guy with the one day contract to a college team or something like that yeah well or you 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 get what you put out And I think people don't understand that sometimes you get what you put out and you kind of hear it in all, all sorts of religions and even in like paganism and Wicca and all it's all the same. Whatever you put out in the universe comes back to you. It does. If you're not putting in that hard work, you're not putting in that effort. You're not going to get that back. That doesn't just magically happen. You know, I mean, if your parents are super duper rich and you're born into a family, that's just dumb luck, you know, but I'm not, you know, there is some merit to this understanding that you get what you pay for. You get what you put into it. You get what the effort is you make. And you know, it's funny that you said it because I was jogging, right? Jogging. And for the first time last week, I broke jogging for four miles. Right. So I'm jogging a day and I'm like, I don't think it's going to happen today. I, I don't know what's going to happen today. And so I'm jogging and I, I start to relax and my arms get a little less tense. My breathing. So I've gotten into the habit now of jogging without headphones, which is really good because Ooh. you can hear yourself breathing and you'll start to Old notice choice. when you jog with headphones, especially think about the music you play. You start getting all hyped up and you gas yourself out, right? Well, while I was jogging, I came to this miniature epiphany. Because my, I started slowing down my breathing when I got tired. I started to relax and it hit me that that's all life is, right? Because I realized that me keeping going, it, I wasn't going to die today. Even though I was tired, uh-huh. I wasn't going to die. Like the key to life is really just getting up and going, putting one foot in front of the next, realizing that this choice more than likely isn't going to kill you and just relax and breathe. It's going to be all right. Like whatever decision you're antagonizing about nine times out of 10, you already have the answer. But like Mm -hmm. we just said before, you're just worried about the outcome. Trust yourself. And you'll Mm -hmm. realize that when you start making decisions in that fashion, where you trust yourself, you're going to hit bumps in the road. But I can guarantee you the more decisions that you make, you're going to get more positive than negative unless you're just an idiot and maybe you should help get some help but you're going to get more positive outcomes than negative ones and you're going to get so much faith in yourself and your decision making abilities yeah and touching on on the jogging thing which i am not going to partake in ever um is uh there's persistence i think people underestimate how far persistence Mm -hmm. can get you and determination yeah. can get you, you know, some people are like, Oh, people are stubborn. There's nothing, you know, there is stubborn. There's hard headed, stubborn. 
Mm-hmm. I don't want to listen to anything. I'm closed minded. And then there is persistent stubborn, determined yeah. stubborn. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I told a friend today over, over brunch, you know, I'm, I am fucking scared of, of labor. Mm-hmm. I am. I am scared halfway through it. I'm going to be like, I'm good. It ain't happening. I can't push. This is Put ridiculous. Back in. You know, like he's not coming out. I guess, I guess he lives here now. Right. And, and she kind of was like, that's not you. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Because I don't like to look like a little bitch. And, and, and that's kind of, you know, that's how I, I mean, it, it sounds stupid, but mm-hmm. I don't want to look like a little bitch. So you're right. right. I'm avenging. I might feel that, but I'm going to push through it because I can, I can already get through it, you know, or that's how I learned to snowboard. Mm-hmm. I, oh my God, it was awful. My first time snowboarding, my ass hurt. I'm falling on this ice. I'm literally falling so hard i'm looking up at the sky i'll mm-hmm. never forget i'm looking up at the sky and here comes my my sweet husband and he peeks over at me and he's hey hey honey um how's it how's it going and i'm like i just need you to go away for a minute that's right. what i told him i was like you just need to go for a second and as i laid in that cold wet snow i thought to myself I can untrap my board and slide right down this mountain or I can sack up and not look like a little bitch. And I'm not going to look like a little bitch today. And I've been snowboarding for five, six years now, you know, um, it, 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 there's, (laughs) there really is this, I don't want to look like a little bitch, not because I, I need to show anybody anything. It's just, I don't want to give up. You know, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't want to quit something because sometimes what I have to tell myself And I don't know if I'm the only one that ever says this. This is my nugget for the day. Mm -hmm. There is a version of you that has already made it through this moment. Dude, you know what? You have already made it through this moment. No matter how hard something is, right? You think Mm -hmm. about time and linear and time's all happening at the same time and the future's already set and the past and all this stuff. When you're in your present and you are having a really difficult time, Mm-hmm. Remind yourself there is a version of you that's already gotten through this. Do you want to know what There's I do? There's a version of you that's already done. Do you this. want to know what I do? And you're going to laugh. So it all started when I started doing Muay Thai a couple of years ago, right? And I was mm-hmm. watching all these different boxers. And one of the stories that stuck out to me was uh, Sugar Ray. And he said when he would look in the mirror, uh, if he saw Sugar Ray, he knew he was going to win. If he didn't and he saw Leonard, he knew he was going to lose, right? So in my mind, I decided that I was going to create a different persona for myself when doing these things, right? And you're going to laugh. But I said, okay, I want to be the war king. I want to be the coldest man on the planet when it comes to any type of martial arts. And so whenever I start feeling any doubt, I immediately go to thinking, what would he do? So today, Uh within the first 10 minutes of my jog, I had gotten some really poor sleep. I'm like, I can't do this. I had hit mile one and I was like, I cannot do this. I want to stop. And I was like, wait a second. And that I can't thought came my head. And I'm like, well, you've gone longer distances than this. You can push yourself. And immediately I said, well, what would the war king king, 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 He would sack the fuck up. I'm I'm dead serious. That is a thought that went through my head. I'm like, what would the baddest man on the planet do? He would shut the fuck up, eat, Turn off all those negative thoughts and put one foot in front of the next. And that's what I did. 
no judgment on that. Come on. Beyonce has Sasha Fierce. Eminem has Slim Shady. Like, they, it's more just the name. Make, the it's, name is funny. It's still, it's still, it, the name is funny. I wasn't, but it's a part of you, you know, yeah. having that alter. That's a part of you. That's your inner strength and stuff. But that anyway, but that's what always gets me through is there is a version of me that has already, already gotten through this. This is just a moment. This is just right now. This won't last forever. And yeah. I think it's hard to, to, to think like that. It's really, well, you know, it's really hard to think like that. It, it is. And it isn't because when it becomes easy to think that way is once you get that first success at something, because you say, I can't do this. And you're like, well, hold on. Bro. You've done it before mm-hmm. you've done. You may not have done this exact thing, but you've done something you've done. So even though it's something different. And then you start to realize the secret to success. The secret to success is persistence. That's mm-hmm. it. That's the whole trick. If anybody ever wanted yep. to know what it is, if you're unsuccessful in life, literally all you have to do, and I think I posted it on my Instagram, it's start, why, and don't stop. Pick the shit mm-hmm. you want to do. I don't care what it is or how ridiculous it sounds. And you literally need to follow these steps. Just just please trust me. Number one, write it down. My dad used to tell me this all the time. Write it down. I touched on this last week. I may not, I did, I may or may not have. But when you write it down, it activates something in your brain. And here's why. When you're in school, I'm pretty much sure everybody, all of us made it through the first 12 years. When you're in school and the teacher hands you the textbook. When you read the textbook, do you retain everything in it? No, you just don't. Mm-mm. It's not until she hands you the, the whatchamacallit form, the blueprint for the test, and tells you what pages to read that you start committing those things to memory. Well, most people, what do we do when we decide we want to commit something to memory? We write it down. Write That's it the down. way you're taught from the ages of zero to 12. Because when you write something no cards. down... No, no cards. It, but it's no it's cards, notes. Every Something. yeah, you it's why you writing. don't highlight. Exactly. You don't highlight. So you read a chapter and you take notes while you're your reading. Your brain activates and says, "I need to learn this, and to learn this, I need to solve this." Well, why do we have this notion that if it applies to school, it doesn't apply to real life? The moment mm-hmm. you write it down, I promise you, your brain activates. It says, "Oh." This is serious. I need to figure this out. So if you, Mm -hmm. I was reading that book, Think and Grow Rich, and I don't know why I skipped over this part, but it says, write out what you want and then how you want it and what time frame. And that's another thing in analysis paralysis. Set a deadline, a hard deadline for the decision you need to make. Say by next Wednesday, this time, I'm going to decide what school I'm going to go to and just stick Mm -hmm. to it and go. And you'll be surprised. Your brain, once you set a deadline, once you write things down and make them concrete, your brain will activate. It will even activate while you're sleeping to help you make can, this decision. Can, can I add one thing to that, though? Hop in. Make smart goals. You yes, know, yes, make, yes, make yes, smart, yes, attainable yes, goals. Yes. I can't write down that I want to be a millionaire in two weeks and then yes. it happened. That's not yeah. what... 
I I just hope everybody knows that's not what you're saying. <laughs> like, right. No, I'm not. Know, I'm not. I didn't that, say a wish list. You know, right? You know, put that on your vision board, okay? Right. But you know, you have to make smart, obtainable goals that turn into big, obtainable goals. Well, now for the people that now you're talking about the acronym SMART, correct? Yeah, because yeah, some people don't know of. what that is. So a SMART goal, uh, for the people that don't know, it's specific, measurable, it, obtainable, relevant or realistic, and a timetable. So like for me, I said within the span of four years, I wanted to have $500,000 in my bank account by February 20, whatever, through the means of podcasting, artwork, so on and so forth. Surprisingly enough, the moment that I wrote that down, I went out. I went to Texas Art Supply for the first time. I started buying better paints, promoting more on the, mm-hmm. you know on Instagram. Because even though I'm not even going to say it, maybe I won't get five hundred. But the let me see how to put this. My mind is doing everything that a person that would want that kind of money would do. It starts mm-hmm. the process to start going in that direction because. The, the the analogy I always use, say it's me and you, and we both want to get the best barbecue in Texas. You just get in your car and decide to drive. And I sit down, I go to Yelp, I go to YouTube and start researching the best barbecue in Texas. Now, we both may end up with the best barbecue in Texas, but who's probably going to get there faster? I mean, I would assume you, because you know how far are you going to drive? Where are the and criteria? I know where I'm going. There, there wouldn't be, there would be no research, and you know where you're going. And I think, um, what it so so we did smart, but uh, if you ever hear the term BHAGs, big audacious, big hairy audacious goals. I never heard that. Or BHAGs, yeah, big that. hairy audacious goals. Yeah. And those are those are your big your big goals, mm-hmm. your big dreams, you know. But the the smart goals are what gets you to your your big hairy audacious goals. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with having big goals, but you can't just say, like, yeah, and, you know, you know. In a year, I'm going to make like a million dollars. I mean, it's possible. It is possible. Anything is possible. But you got to be realistic. Well, you know, the thing, yeah, the thing about BHAG goals is that there's this thing called imposter syndrome, right? And we mm-hmm. don't think if people were being honest with themselves that they view themselves in the light of the goal that they want to achieve. Um, mm-hmm. Like for myself, I said, I was like, I was just sitting there thinking, I'm like, I could run for president. I mean, I can talk. I could. I was like, you're being crazy. And then another thought came like, well, why are you being crazy? What's so mm-hmm. crazy about that? You could if you wanted to. Doesn't mean you're going to win. Mm-hmm. But you could run just like anybody else. But I don't view myself that way. I mean, I could. But I, uh, you know you what I'm saying? I'm talking myself out of it. Yeah. Well, because... Yeah, we right. Okay, so growing up as kids, you, all your shows are dream big, dreams, dreams, dreams. You can do whatever you want. But as you get older and you're going through life, those dreams are being crushed left and right. I mm-hmm. um, I had a dream of being a doctor at one point, and I remember 
looking back at it, I'm like, man, fuck those people. But <laughs> I, I, well, what's your grade point average? Oh, that's not high enough to get you into medical exactly. school. Exactly. You can't, you're not going to do, you're not going to be able to do that. Uh, what are you, are you volunteering at a hospital? You can't be a doctor if you're not volunteering at a hospital. Are you, and, and you don't realize that these negative things that you take to heart or influence you are like slowly beating down <laughs> your dreams. Well, dream killers, you know, dream and killers now, are real. Yeah. And, and it's so hard. And, you know, if I was more persistent, if I was more confident in the person I am, if I said, you know, I don't give a shit. That's I still want to do it. Maybe I would have been a doctor. I don't do anything in the medical field. Mm-hmm. I don't do anything in the medical field anymore. Right. Um, because my dreams just kept getting squashed and squashed. And 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 I'm gonna be frank. I let them be. That's mm-hmm. not those people's fault. I'm not mad at those people for that. I did that to myself yeah. because yeah. I chose to listen to that instead of pursuing my goals well you and that that's something that you should be careful why do dreams get crushed in that way because like even though you have people telling us oh you can be whatever you want to be by and large i think 98 percent of the people that we interact with on a daily basis have never actively pursued their dreams exactly um my mom did not I love her? She's a super pragmatic, practical person. Mm-hmm. So dreams didn't make sense to her. <clears throat> you know, why are you that? That's not practical. You know, if you want a job, you get a job that's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, I I clean teeth because everybody has teeth. That's job security. Yeah. You know. Um, so you know, don't be a say. Don't be a therapist. Therapists don't have steady, you know, it was just, you don't go into art. You don't do these things because that's not, that's not secure. That's not consistent. That's not a constant. And you don't realize that that's a dream killer sometimes. You know, I'm going to be very, very vulnerable for a moment. Once again, talking about my old man, he dreamed really, really, really big. And he Mm -hmm. always encouraged me from an early age to dream really, really, really big, but I just couldn't see it within myself, right? And so yeah. now, as I'm getting older and I'm starting to just scratch the sur- surface of my true capabilities, I'm like, oh shit, he saw this in me the whole time. And yeah. so now I go night and day. And then whenever I get tired, I sit there and I think about him. And I sit there and I'm like, I cannot possibly stop. Yeah, and that's beautiful. And it just pushes me, it keeps pushing me along because I know that had had he had what I had at a younger age, he could have been amazing. He just, yeah, because it's different having somebody hand, like he handed me those books like the richest man in Babylon said you mm-hmm. need, he's the one who told me to write this shit down like early age if I had to just figure it out and then you know I'm 60 and I'm like I got it well yeah the shit would have been too late yeah because that self-actualization especially if you don't have anybody to guide you through it 
the normal, most people, there's not a lot of people that think this way because if everybody thought this way, then everybody would be successful. It's a small minority of people that break out of the matrix and like, oh, this is what's on the other side. It's not a lot. Mm-mm. It, 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 dreams are dreams are hard, you know, Dream, because you also want security. We all mm-hmm. need security. There's literally a hierarchy that talks about yeah. where we are, and you need, and part of that is safety and security. Absolutely. And people will give up their dreams for safety and security. Absolutely. And sometimes, and, and and there's nothing wrong with that. There is mm-hmm. literally nothing wrong with deciding that safety and security for you and your family may be more important than those dreams. But don't be a dream killer. Yeah. You know, y- y- your decisions are not everybody's decisions. What mm-hmm. works for you does not work for everybody. So if you are going to be one of these people that decide safety and security are your top goals, totally fine. But don't go killing other people's dreams while you're doing it. But you know, and I don't, I don't remember having dreams as a kid. I don't remember being like, I want to be an actor, an astronaut, or, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have those kind of thoughts. Hmm. And it's because I wasn't really raised to have those kind of thoughts. Hmm. Everything was practical and pragmatic and logical. And there was a reason you did everything. And so that's why I say, don't kill people's dreams, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and some people kill people's dreams under the guise of, of helping them. Helping. I'm just being realistic. I'm just trying to teach you what could happen. Let me be very clear. Life will teach you. You life will teach you. There, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm dealing it with it with pregnancy. If mm-hmm. one more fucking person tells me I'm not gonna sleep when I have this baby, I'm gonna punch you in the face. In because the face. duh, because duh, I know I'm not gonna sleep with a baby. Duh. Like it's not my friend. <laughs> It's my first baby, but I've heard this. It's in TVs. It's on movies. It's in books. It's in magazines. I'm not stupid. I want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. And to believe it's, it's a mood killer for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a mood killer. And sometimes when you're killing people's dreams and hiding it and wrapping it under, well, I'm just letting you know, no, you're not. No, you're being life a- will yes. let them know. Like life will let them know you're just a dream sucker. You're sucking the dream out of them because maybe you don't have any dreams or maybe you didn't accomplish your dreams. And sometimes we have to ask ourselves, kind of like you were saying earlier, if I told you so, nobody wants to hear that shit. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to hear these horrible realities. It's not, you got to ask yourself when I'm giving someone the reality of a situation, am I being helpful? Is it necessary? Um, what it, what do they call it? Think, right? So before mm-hmm. I say something to someone, I'm supposed to think. So is it truthful? Is it helpful? Is it insightful? Is it necessary? Is it kind? You definitely been going to therapy. You got all these nice little acronyms that I've never heard of before. I know. This is good. <laughs> you, you know, and 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 honestly, that is really an important way of thinking about these quote unquote advice you're giving this reality you're giving people. Yes, indeed. F dream killers. Um, that is, <laughs> that, is, that is, it's the truth of it. Are you, is that even helpful? No. Are you, no, are you not. being helpful? No. Are you, not. are you, 
Right. Is, is that insightful? It's telling me I'm not going to sleep when I have a baby. Is that insightful? Are you telling me something I didn't know? I wouldn't have figured out, you know, and sometimes what is the harm in letting people figure life out for themselves? Well, here's my thing. And this is something that I've gotten big on in the last few years. When I tell somebody I'm about to do X, oh, well, you know, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. It's easy to tell me why things can't work. That's fine. I don't want to hear that. Not interested. The only thing I'm interested in hearing at this point is this. Hey, I'm about to do podcasting. Well, hey, Donaldson, you might really want to make sure you put a descriptive biography in there so more people Mm -hmm. can hear about you. I don't want to hear, oh, there's so many podcasts out there. You'll never, no, no, keep that shit to yourself. Mm-hmm. Finding the negative in anything is incredibly easy. And I'll tell everybody mm-hmm. on the phone right now, not interested. You can literally, if that is the advice that you're going to give me, you can literally keep it to yourself. Because more than likely, if you give me that type of advice, maybe more than two or three times, I'm going to probably stop talking to you. I'm being very honest. I'm very solution based. Oh, yeah. I'm very solution based. If somebody comes to me, Um, with something that they're doing, like say that you told me you wanted to be a doctor, the only thing that I would tell you is to have your finances straight because it is Uh going to take a, it can take a toll on your family life from what I've heard. Uh I'm never going to be like, oh, you're no bitch. Keep that shit to you. And I never, I don't cuss that often, but something about, because you're not not (laughs) trying to, when you, when people are giving you that advice, they are not trying to help you. They are not. No. They are being passive aggressive because what you'll notice a lot of times is that, especially with people that give this advice, I'm getting animated now, they're comparing their life to your life. And as long as you're, y'all are on equal footing, things are okay. But yep. the moment that they see that you're not only dreaming bigger than them, right, they also see, oh, wait. He has the persistence to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. He has the mental acumen to do it. I don't. Well, that mm-mm. worries well, them. Go ahead. Well, what do they say? Misery loves company. I know it's mm-hmm. super cliche, but it's true. And I don't get me wrong. I don't think every person that is a hater, if you mm-hmm. will, means it. They might not even realize they're doing it. That's it. To me, that's don't. sad. That's the saddest part. If you told someone you're just miserable and you want me to be miserable with you, no, that's not it. That's not what I'm doing. It's a subconscious thing. It's not a. Con- it's not on the surface. But it is like, how is that helpful? It, no. You know, um, no. no, it's not. No, if you're not no. going to be helpful, it, you know, if if you want to tell someone, uh, you know, hey, uh, there's a lot of podcasts out there. Cool. Thanks. What you say is there's, there's a lot of podcasts out here. You may want to diversify yourself or stand out a little more by doing X, Y, and Z. If you're just saying shit without a solution, without a suggestion, keep it it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. And then on top of that, and then on top of that, did I even ask you for your opinion? Because I probably didn't. Cannot stress this enough. I am super guilty of it. It's funny because we're, you know, we're on a podcast basically giving advice out. <laughs> True. 
True. But nobody, you called in. Nobody they called in. I did. Nobody fucking asked you. Not yeah. not everybody that's talking to you about their dreams or their problems is fucking asking you for your opinion. No. Some people not. are not are some people are venting. You know, yeah. I think I've seen a lot of it on on social media uh, lately and I hope people are reading it or seeing it in on a tweet, a meme, whatever. If someone comes to you with a problem, it takes 2 seconds to ask them, "Do you want advice yep. or would you like to vent?" Yep. And those are two different things. Yeah. Not everybody wants your advice. Not every. Some people already have a solution. They just want to get it off their chest. Not everybody's asking you. Not everything that works for you is going to work for someone else. Learn to keep it to yourself. Learn to keep it to yourself. And on top. And of I'm that, not saying you can't share. You? Who are you? Exactly. I, I'm not saying you can't share. I'm not saying you can't tell people your experiences. I'm not saying, you know, let people do and act crazy. You know, we, we talked about that, right? A therapist challenges you. Sometimes your friends challenge you. But fuck, read the room, as I like yeah. to call it. Read yeah. the room. You, and if you can't read the room, ask. Not everybody wants your advice, and that's okay. Your advice might not be great for that person. That might not work for that situation. Um and you come off as a you know, when you do that. You really yeah, do. And like trust don't me, get me no wrong. One, some, no one sits around thinking when they encounter somebody like that, oh man, I'm so glad I t-. no, every time they walk away wishing they hadn't talked to you. I hope I'm bur- I hope I'm bursting somebody's bubble. They don't walk they don't go away thinking, man, I'm so glad I talked to X and X about my problem. They're like I'm never going to talk to this person again about any issues that I have. No. That's really what they're Don't get me wrong. I give great advice sometimes. Um, <laughs> but but not everybody wants to hear it. Not everybody wants to hear it. Or maybe as you give advice, you re- you can tell when someone's receiving your advice and maybe not. Mm-hmm. So with that said, not everybody wants to hear your advice. But on the flip side to that, there's a way to tell people Gently but firmly, everybody. I don't need your advice without saying that, right? <laughs> oh no, I, I say it now. I say it. Well, I, I be like, I, I didn't. I really, really asking. I exactly. I'm saying. I'm saying. There's a nice way to say it. You know, I I wasn't really asking for advice. Um, you know, that might work for you, but that's not really what I'm trying to do right now. Honestly, I was just kind of venting to you about it, um, and and not everybody's receptive to that. Um, I don't, my I don't mother, get, I don't give a shit anymore. my mother, my mother is not one of those people, you know, <laughs> like she's, she wants to give your advice. She wants to tell you all the things. And uh, the truth is, yeah, she raised me. I'm half of her literally genetics, but uh, what works for you doesn't work for me. What worked for you back then doesn't work for me. Um, that's not how what makes me feel good about the situation. But you, and and, you know what? It's funny that you say that. Is because what I notice, and this is not about your mom, so don't take it that way. I notice that the least successful people are the highest, highest, highest opinionated on giving success advice. Like, oh, this is the way you need to do it. How the fuck do you know? Yeah. Bunny yeah, yeah, Bubbleson, yeah. 
How, how, how do you yeah. know the, the, the way to make me? Oh, well, because I used to know this guy. I'm not going to say his name. We used to clean a club on Bissonette, right? And the guy mm-hmm. who owned the club was a millionaire. And the, him and the guy kept getting into it. I think eventually they fell out. And the reason they fell out is because my friend who was homeless was always trying to tell him what he should do with his club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, looking back, I was like, what What make? why the hell do you think he's going to listen? What you need to do, shut up. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> Uh, you thought about I mean, that? Maybe. I mean, uh, it's just interesting if, when I think about it's, it. Yeah, it's. I don't. I don't know. You're not saying it's just. I think for my mom, with me at least, it's a. It's a mother daughter dynamic. It's a right. parent dynamic. It's this. I'm the parent. I know more than my children, and it's always going to be that way. Right. And to be fair to my mother, her parents Mm -hmm. died at a very young age. And so she doesn't know what it's like to be in her mid thirties with an adult parent who's treating you like an adolescent. Well, you know, my dad did the same thing. Right. And it was really, he was really just trying to prevent me from making the mistakes that he did. Right. Yeah. But, or it's this idea. mm -hmm. Go Go ahead. You're always their kid. You know, my mom says it all the time. She's like, I, all I look at you is, and I see this little, this little face and this little person, no matter how old you get. And it's really sweet, but also like, I need you to stop. (laughs) Like I had a moment, I had this huge moment with my daughter to where I was, I told this story last week, I think I was um, pushing her on a tricycle and then she like pushed my hand away. And she started pedaling herself. And I realized because I thought I was helping her and I didn't want her to get discouraged, I was holding her back. Mm-hmm. I wasn't helping. I was atrophying her. I was making her dependent upon me, which mm-hmm. in some way is self-serving to, to, to a degree. But I wasn't, by shielding her, trying to, and I was like, so this is what the fuck my dad was doing. Because you don't yeah. want your kids to get picked on. Like I'll be at the, you know, you know, I go to the, I can't even go to the playground with her because I'm like, if she gets like pushed or something, I'm putting some little kid in there. I don't want to do that. And so, you know, to avoid that, sometimes I won't even take her to the park. Cause I'm like, I don't want to, in case some kid picks on her, my kid's going to get picked up. Something's going to happen. So I just, all I can do, the best you can do as a parent is try to teach and yep. prepare them for these things, not shield them from these things. That's not yep. a possibility, unfortunately. Well, and I think there's a level of understanding that, you know, uh, stop expecting you from other people. It's impossible. You know, it, it's, oh my God, it's impossible. How it many, impossible. I mean, how many, how many times have you had an argument with someone and said the words, well, I would never do that. Yeah. I don't understand why they would do that. Mean? I would never do that. And that's the thing that, that, oh my God, that's so much that, that in arguments, that's with your, you know, your kids, you know, I'm speaking as, as a kid, I'm not a mother yet. I'm sure I will 
oh, experience the flips the flip side the i'm just trying to do what's best i'm protecting you and you know i'm sure asher's gonna have a blast with that right oh, yeah. um but it's really hard to not expect you from other people well you know and, and that's why I, I had a buddy of mine i think he's on the call now where that goes into challenging thoughts about when somebody does something you don't like and mm-hmm. uh, you know once again full disclosure I used to be a coward in that sense to where instead of confronting the person about what they were saying or doing, I would just assume what I thought their intent was, take it as such Mm -hmm. and just never talk to them again. That's Mm -hmm. incredible. And I said that in my mind because I was like, well, they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. Mm -mm. The root of it is I didn't have a balls to go and confront them about the issue because and I had a I had aggressiveness and assertiveness mixed up, right? Because mm-hmm. if you said something on the phone call that I didn't like, and this can even go into hip hop culture, but that's a different conversation. I don't have to say, "Hey, motherfucker, you got on my pocket." I can say, "Hey, Amanda, you said something earlier today, and I'm not quite sure how to take it. Did you mean what yeah. you said?" And you can tell a lot about somebody. You can tell a lot about somebody by that conversation because if you bring something to somebody that they said that offended you, if their intention was to never truly offend you, they're confused. You'll see it on their mm-hmm. face. They're like, whoa, oh, I'm so sorry. That's not what I meant. And they'll be, oh, you generally speaking, overly apologetic. But oh, I wish if they get defensive <sighs> and angry. Yep. Yep. Let me tell everybody something right now. If they get that way, they meant exactly what they were doing. And they're mad at you because you called them out because they didn't think you had it in them to call you out. That's what they're really mad about. They're upset because they don't, you've, you've now forced change on them. You forced the way that they're treating you and they don't like it because people mm-hmm. don't like forced change. And then, and you know, and that's what we're always afraid of, that when you confront the person, they'll get angry and all this kind of stuff. Yep. Well, here's a good part. Only one or two things is going to happen. They're going to be like, man, fuck you, and not talk to you anymore. Or they're going to do this shit again, and now you know it was on purpose, and now you can handle yep. them as such. Because let me tell you something. Been on the planet almost 40 years. I'll be 40 in August. Damn. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Damn, you old motherfucker. There has not been one time, there has not been one time, literally not one time, that I've asked somebody about their intentions when they did something and they didn't mean it and they got angry. It's never happened. It's literally, no. it's in my mind that I would uh, bring up to something to somebody and I've offended them so, every 10 times out of 10, people are happy that I have the integrity and honesty to ask them about their intentions instead of assuming them. Yeah. 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 It's, it's because there's something comforting in making an assumption. You don't have to go any farther. You don't have to try and understand the person's, you know, point of view because I figured it out. I figured it out. Um, but really what you're talking about is honoring your boundaries, right? Yep. When you talk about going to someone with the intentions, one, life is easier if you try and come from a place of understanding without expectations. 
without expectations, right? So mm-hmm. if I expect this person to be angry and defensive mm-hmm. when I bring something up, then everything they say, I'm going to interpret as angry and defensive Yep. yep. without knowing yep. if that's their intentions. You are the only person that can honor, respect, set, and keep your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And a huge red flag to me in any sort of relationship, and honestly, I've been experiencing it in friendships. I've had a friendship year this year. Um, is watch out for people when you're setting your boundaries mm-hmm. or reinforcing your boundaries, the people that aren't respecting that. Oh, man, you tripping. Like you said... This yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, you're being ridiculous. Like watch no. out for those people, right? Yeah. Because um anybody, like you said, the reason people like that you're coming to them when they've disrespected or crossed a boundary is because you're taking a moment to say, I care about you enough mm-hmm. that I want to figure this out, but I yeah. also want you to respect my boundary right. so you can do better so we can continue to have this relationship. Right. So I don't walk and around lo- with a false assumption of what you said. And a lot of people, when you reinforce or set your boundaries that get defensive, aren't looking. don't take it as a sign of, I love you so much. I'm telling you something that's upsetting me. Mm. I want to talk it out. I want to understand your side so we can continue to have a good, productive, better relationship. Mm -hmm. The people that are denying your boundaries or saying they're ridiculous or not, uh uh, those aren't your people. No, those aren't your fucking people. And those aren't your people. Actually, you know, you never want to use always statements. You want to say in it, no, it's an always. It's an always because the the what that person is telling you almost verbatim as clear as they can. I want you to keep letting me take advantage of you. Letting me is the key word. I want you to continue letting me take advantage of you. And I want you to be happy about it. I don't want a difficult mark. I don't want somebody that's pushing back. What I'm, no, no. I want you to just enjoy this. And not push back against many. That's literally what they're telling mm-hmm. you. Even though they're doing it with a smile and a grin and all that crap. No, they are not your friend. It just Mm-mm. isn't the case. That's the, anybody. Yeah. Anybody that's defensive or denies and diminishes you when you are setting your boundaries are not your fucking people. No. They're, they're just not. they're just not. They're just they're not. not because they're people not a good boyfriend people or that or whatever. A friend or any because whatever. people that love and respect you, whether they understand your boundaries or not, will respect your boundaries, right? Simple as that. That doesn't mean you can't doesn't mean you can come tearing at them like a pterodactyl, you know, screaming and hooting and hollering when they don't know those boundaries. Right. Or believing that there's negative intent behind it, but there's if you can talk to someone and explain to them and they're still defensive, those aren't your people. Those aren't your people. Because literally, if somebody's in your corner, you probably only need to say, hey, that ain't cool. Yep. Oh, shit, my bad. That's, I mean, I'm dead serious. It shouldn't yeah. have to get into some deep-ass discussion. Nope. Like if, you, if we got off this phone call and said, Donaldson, 
I knew you didn't mean anything, but I felt like you were talking about a mom. Hey, say less. Yep. That'll just be the end of it. There's no, well, stay the fuck off my podcast. It wouldn't be. It, I just no. It just hey, wouldn't hey, be. I, hey, I don't, I, I don't appreciate that. If someone says that, all, all you have to say is, oh, I'm, my bad. I didn't realize that. Not my intentions, um, I, I, I had a very similar experience a few weeks ago with someone. Um, mm-hmm. She asked me a question that I was like, oh, fuck no. I didn't even want to answer it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But I did. And, you know, she, she kept, for context, okay, kind of venting a little bit, so I apologize for nah, context. Uh, and this is just my opinion. Please mm-hmm. just know this is my opinion. I don't think anyone should say the N-word that isn't black. And frankly, I don't even think black people should say the N-word, but that's just me and that's how I was raised, okay? But mm. at the very least, I, if a black person says it, I'm never going to say anything about it. Right. But non-black people, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. It's not yeah. It's not for you. It's not yours. I don't like it. I don't care what the context is. It, no, okay? That's just me, my opinion. Right. And I express that opinion. And this person decided to ask me why can Hispanic people then say the n-word no why why are we having this conversation I'm not Hispanic by the way I'm black so I I didn't under exactly exactly no, but, are but you hey she justified oh, okay she said she said genuine question also this person is not Hispanic so I mean this question on so many levels was unnecessary right right and so I, I answered her. I don't, I don't think they should. I was like, no, Afro-Latinos might feel like they can say it, but I don't really think anybody should say it. And her response was, well, my Hispanic and Colombian friends say it, so it just seems like there's an unwritten rule. What? what where is this going? What? Like, where is this going? Where's, <laughs> yeah, where's this going? Where, what are we doing here, right? Yeah. What are we doing yeah. here? And so... You know, I kind of said, you know, maybe go ask them why they feel like they could say it. Because I don't know. I don't I don't think they should. I don't know. And what I said was, you know, I really don't appreciate that question, which I thought was fair to say. Right. I don't appreciate that. that question. Her response was, gotcha. Not I'm sorry. Not my bad. Gotcha. So me, being the person I am, said, I think the word you're looking for is sorry. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I'm not sorry. And then sends me this huge ass paragraph about why she's not sorry and why that argument, that disagreement that could. could, Oh, I don't. But but you see what I'm saying? All she had to say was my bad. Right. And that lets you know your intentions we're not pure in your question. You and you, and go ahead. Yes. So it goes back to what you were saying. It doesn't have to be this super long 20 minute conversation where we do a deep dive into all these feelings. I, I said something you asked me, I don't appreciate. All yeah. you have to say is, I'm sorry, I was I didn't think about it. Yeah. Simple, Could have been simple. the whole end of it. Simple as that. But instead, it turned into this whole 
long thing, an exhaustingly long thing. Mm -hmm. And those aren't my people. Those aren't people that are respecting my boundaries. Right. You don't have to give me a dissertation on why something I've done upset you for me to say, I'm sorry, my bad. I didn't think about it. Won't happen again. Because what you're really trying to do is you're trying to batter me with your way of thinking. You're trying mm-hmm. to shatter my boundaries. So I agree. Like, and you don't want to be, you don't want to be around somebody that like, I don't even know. I don't know the right way to verbalize this, but around somebody whose sole intention is to see what they can get away with on you. Mm-hmm. Fuck them, man. Like, Well, and then when you tell them, no, there's something wrong with you for not giving mm-hmm. them what you're asking for. Yeah. You don't have to give people anything about you you don't want to give. No one is entitled to you. No. It's a gift. It's an honor. It's to to give yourself to someone else and vice versa. And we should all appreciate people that are open and honest and give parts of themselves to you in your interactions. But no one is entitled to give you that. And I don't care if you've been friends with someone for 25, 30 years. If someone doesn't want to give a part of themselves to you, that's their prerogative. And there's a misconception that, oh, you have to give yourself to people all the time. That w- it, let me tell, let me tell no. you something. I, I'm at a point in my life, and I sincerely mean this from the bottom of my heart, and the people around me know that I mean this. I do not care who you are, what role you play in my life. It does not matter. If you continually and habitually cross my boundaries, I will stop talking to you. A hundred percent. I don't, and at first I felt selfish. I felt bad because you know, you have this conditioning. And then once you push past that conditioning of, cause I, I grew up to be the nice boy, to be a nice boy and to be a nice boy, you pretty much just acquiesce to do what everybody else wants you to do. And Mm -hmm. to put your thoughts last and you're the oldest boy and you need to do, you know, to, and in some ways that's good because it puts you in a leadership role and you know how to put your feelings aside, but it also makes you think that your feelings aren't important. Well, guess what? Mm -hmm. They are. My feelings are just as important, just as valid, just as substantial. And if not more than anybody else's because they're mine. I'm not saying that. Amanda's feelings are no less, but when it comes to things concerning Donaldson Betts, my feelings on a topic are paramount than anybody else's feelings. I don't care what anybody else. Well, Donaldson, I think that's great that you don't think I should have these boundaries, but I do. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like them, that's cool because they're going to exist even as you exit. And I want to point out what you said, though. You said habitually cross your boundaries. Yeah, not an accident. That you no. know, an accident here and there. No, no, no. Crossing a boundary you didn't know was there. No, okay, you don't cut people off for that. That's not how that goes. No, no. That's but ridiculous. Hab- habitually, but the one circumstance I would say if someone did cross your boundary, it's pay attention to how they respond to you when you tell them yep. that. Yep. 
If they yeah. get angry and defensive, get out of there. No, but n- but like you said, mm-hmm. we're all responsible, right? It goes back to you can only control yourself. I'm responsible for my feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm responsible for my happiness. I'm responsible for the way I feel about myself and the outside world. Now, there are factors because we're human that can influence that outside factors. But at the end of the day, you're in control of yourself. You are in control of the way you respond to people, right? Mm -hmm. So I can't control my mom. I can't change her. I can't change people around me, but I can change how I respond. And you might find that when you change how you respond to things, just going full circle to what we kind of talked about in the beginning about perspective and all that, when you change the way you respond to things, you will be surprised how much easier and happier life is. Oh man, it's great. It's it so, is it is insane. It's freeing. It's so freeing. Yeah. You know, here's something that I like I've talked to a couple people over the last few days about this. I'm not gonna say their names, but you know, it was in the context of giving, right? Well, I'm a very, very giving person. A lot of times to my own detriment. Well, mm-hmm. you know, when you're a forget when you're a giving person and people take advantage of that, what do you do? Well, you go all the way to the opposite side. I ain't giving nobody shit. Keep well, if that's not who you are, you have a sense of not being fulfilled because you're lying to yourself. And what I slowly started discovering, and I'll tell this to anybody, especially when it comes in the realm of family members, here's the easiest solution. Simply Give as you see fit. Simple as that. If they mm-hmm. call you up in the middle of the night and say, hey, I need a ride to the airport, check in with your feelings. Hmm, I don't feel like doing it. Hey, I'm not going to do that. You don't owe anybody anything. If they call you up and say, hey, I need a thousand bucks, check with your feelings. Hmm, I don't want to do that, but I do want to give them 10. Give them 10. Do what you yep. want to do. If you could still give like, hey, I can't give you a ride. And, you know, like I have I have this unwritten rule and everybody knows this about me. If you ask me to move, help you move the day of or the day before, I'm going to say no. I would tell my mom. I'm not going to do it. I'm I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be honest. Hmm. I'm just going to say this. Don't fucking ask me to move you. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not backing you. I'm not moving. The answer is no. Don't waste your time, your breath. Don't do it. Budget for movers. It ain't happening. Yeah. But if you ask uh, me the day of, I can get, and not, hold on, not only will I not help you move, but if you call me over there, if I agree to help you move, I will only help you move the things that are too big for a single person to move. I will not help you yes. pack. I will not help nope. you do, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to help you clean because this is where my level of help is. If you say, oh, that's fucked up. Okay. I'll go home. Because that's really, it's not me being rude. It's simply telling you, I'm I'm willing to offer you help. And this is this is the this is the stipulations of my help. That's boundary setting. There's nothing wrong with that, people. You so yeah. anybody, you call me for a billion dollars right now. That's cool. I won't even tell you no. I'll tell you I have five. And the thing is, people, there's a fine line between taking care of yourself in selfishness. And if Mm -hmm. you are not used to taking care of yourself or putting your feelings first, when you do that, it is very easy to feel selfish. It is. It's really hard. If you are around the wrong people, they will make you 
feel selfish. Oh, they'll say it. They'll say, oh, man, that's messed up. I can't believe you're being that. That's a great one right there. I can't. Believe you're not a good. I can't. You're believe. not a good friend. You're not a good yeah. friend. You're and and the truth is, uh, that's no, 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 no. It's okay to. How can you be happy with yourself if you don't center yourself? You can't. You know, you don't have to be self-centered. You don't have to do it at the. I think selfishness and self-centeredness comes when you make decisions or you do things at the detriment of those around you. You're hurting other people to make things better for you. And on top of that, when you you really think about it, right, I I, I challenge this to anybody doing a deep dive within themselves. The people, every person that's ever told me I was being selfish, literally almost at 100%, especially this is why knowing who you are is so important. They were actively doing selfish acts to me. Every Uh single time there's never, my dad's never called me selfish. He's never told Uh -uh. me I was selfish. It was always some, it was always somebody taking advantage of me, not trying to actively taking advantage. Every time. Every time. Every time. They were manipulating me literally every single time without fail. I was in the middle of being manipulated. Period. Uh Period. There's no. Uh, Yeah. There, no, like you're saying that it happens. If yeah. Selfish, selfishness, protecting your boundaries, loving yourself, listening to your wants and needs. Because here's the thing: if I'm empty, I can't give you anything. Nope. I can't get you know. I can't. I can't give you anything. And the thing is, you don't have to give people everything just no. because they ask. No. And I'm I'm a I'm a people pleaser. Yep. I like to say yes. I don't want to say no. I'll say yes at work to every task, everything you give me, every added thing and you give me. people know that. Yep. People know I that. can do it. I can do it. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Do it. No problem. Sure. Come over. Do this. Blah, blah, blah. No problem. No problem. No problem. Literally, if I had a catchphrase at work, it'd be, that's what I'm here for. No problem. And that's fine on a certain level, but... Actually, at some point, I can't do everything. Yeah. And then on top of that, you be, and I remember this happened to me one time, you'd be really surprised, not really surprised, but quasi surprised of how the user views the person they're using. You would think that you're sitting there, you're bending back over backwards for somebody that they would think highly of you. They think very lowly nope. of you. They think you're a piece nope. of shit. And and you'll really find out when you say no. Yep. When you finally or say they no, feel in Go ahead. It goes from appreciation to entitlement. Mm-hmm. Real fast. I'm so I'm so used to you saying yes to me all the time that I no longer appreciate it. I expect mm-hmm. it. And then how, and how how you how how you have the audacity to change the rules. Of what I'm used to. Of what I'm used to. You're selfish. What a horrible yep. what a horrible person you are that you won't let mm-hmm. me take advantage of you. How could you? What do you mean no? What do you mean no? What do you mean no? You've no. never said no before. You, you always know, they'll say, say it. Yes. They'll say it. Oh yeah. They'll literally say that. And you'll just be sitting there like, 
whoa, really? Well, then you're a bad person yeah. because they don't, they're, they're so used to you in one way and mm-hmm. everybody, you are my, my mom, we're all complete people. Yeah. And we have a right to change our minds from day to day, mm-hmm. minute to minute, yeah. month to month. You have a right to do that. We are complete whole people. And there's so many layers to everybody. And there's so many different sides to people. And sometimes we just want to view everything in black and white. Mm-hmm. And I am super guilty of that. Oh, yeah. Because it's easy. Life is easy if I view everything in black and white. Because it just is or it isn't. It does or it doesn't. It's right. It's wrong. It's good. It's bad. It's just an easy way to view things. But the reality of it is everybody is a complete whole fucking person. Yeah. And maybe one minute I could give you the shirt off my back and everything I have in my house. And maybe the next time I can't. Or I don't want to. And I don't have to. Or, yeah, I don't want to. I already did that. And everybody needs to be okay with that, right? You need to be okay with telling people no, and you need to be okay with hearing no. Yeah. And And if not, you need to do a gut check. Yeah. If you're, if you can't ever say no, which, like I said, I'm a habitual people pleaser, you can't ever say no. You need to ask yourself why. And if you're getting upset when people say no, you need to ask yourself why. Yeah, because in all honesty, human nature, and this is going to sound really kind of messed up, but human nature is advantageous at its core, right? And most people are like, that's not true. I'm not like that. Okay. Do you know which manager will let you go home a little bit earlier? You know which one, you know which one will give you that time off? Even if it's yeah. not a maliciously, you, you people are designed to go to the road of, least resi- path of least resistance um mm-hmm. that's just how people are and it's not like if you have two people to a- if you're a manager and you have two people that you're asking to do a task you're not gonna go after the one that's always like oh why do i no you're just gonna hey amanda could you please just do this for me yeah. even at the risk of burning them out yeah she'll say yes it's fine she doesn't yeah. mind yeah but here's the thing. Because it, it's really your fault. Because you mm-hmm. didn't, you didn't, if like, once you, re, once you figure out, and this is, and you know, maybe we'll talk about people pleasing next week. Once you figure out that if somebody doesn't like you because you said no, well, you really just did yourself a favor. Do you 100%. press the fast forward button? On the ejection. If you don't, if somebody says, Donaldson, I don't like you because you didn't do, I won't even let you finish the sentence. All right. No. If you're friends with someone for what they can give you, you're a shitty ass friend. Don't do it. You are. You are. You're a piece of shit. Don't, don't, don't do it. And I'm not saying you, you need friends that never do. I, I have amazing, wonderful friends that do things, but I don't expect it from anybody. No. No. You know, you. I wouldn't be like, we're friends because they do and give me this and give me. No, I'm friends with you because you make me laugh or mm. I have a good time with you or, you know, something like that. But if, if the you know, it's is, kind of, is what, what can you do for me? Mm-mm. No. That's, mm-hmm. The thing about mm-hmm. it is you can feel. I've never got mm-hmm. to take advantage of 
I've never been taken advantage of by somebody that I didn't know on some kind of level that I couldn't feel like this something about this. This don't feel right. This person, when you, I'll put it like this, this is the easiest way to gauge it. If somebody calls you and you, and you can just say, what do you need? When you know somebody's calling you simply to get something, just cut them out your life. Oh yeah. You know, it doesn't even really need to be a conversation. I mean, and it sounds kind of callous, but that's one of those things where you don't really need to seek understanding. They know they're taking uh-uh. advantage of you. They know it. And they're not going to admit to it. They're not going to be like, you caught me, dog. I only hang out yeah. with you. No, they're not going to do that. They're, they're what not. they're going to do is make you seem like you're being unreasonable and mm-hmm. selfish. And how mm-hmm. dare you? And you're not a good friend. I would never and do that. It's just, yeah. yeah. So, I mean... I think the moral of the story really is worry about your damn self and be a good person. Uh, but what that means means different things right, to different for people. different people, you know, and and you can really self-awareness, perspective, honest communication. Those things are what what's really going to guide you, you know, yeah, just, and then just feel it out. You got the answers. They're in you. Yeah. In you. And know it. And knowing the people you want to surround yourself with. I think yeah. that's... Be intentional that's, with that. Yeah. Like you were saying earlier, I kept I kept hiring people that were like this. It's, don't get caught in the familiar. You yeah. know, don't get, don't get so used to familiar that you're hurting yourself. Be intentional. Be thoughtful. Yeah. Fuck the dream killers. Fuck the dream killers. All right, y'all. Well, we're at the one hour and 59 minute mark so it was been a pleasure amanda you got to call in again i'll be back i, I will not next week but the week after i'm so happy about your pregnancy i'm so happy thanks this baby that's coming to town yeah that's pretty soon you she can soon. Be daughter and we can have a good yeah. time this would be pretty cool what side of town are you yeah on? i'm Oh, we're close. Uh, right? We're yeah, we're in Sugarland, so oh, we're yeah. we need we're to make close. This yeah, we need to make this happen. Yeah, I'm yeah. Little everybody. Asher will be here sooner rather than later. Yeah. So thank you so much. Thank Absolutely. you. Fuck I'm them dream very killers. fuck them dream killers. I'm very excited for my baby. Thank you. Very awesome for the congratulations. Um, yeah, hopefully I teach him not to not to be a fucking dream killer. Not in my house. Not in my house. Not today. <laughs> Pack your bags, little baby. You're going to be dream killing around here. We oh, don't man. dream kill. We so, don't dream thank kill. Thank you. All right, man. Thank I'll you for having you me. Time. Anytime. All right. Anytime. Thank you. Bye. Yeah.